Hi, my name is Joe Hancock, founder of His Vessel Ministries, and your host for Becoming His Vessel podcast. Often say in this thing called life, I may not always get it right, but my heart is to get it right. So my heart's desire is that this would be a resource for me as well as you, that we would be formed by God's Word, filled with Father God, and just poured out for His glory, truly becoming His vessel. Welcome back to the podcast. I want to continue the podcast today, picking up where we left off with the previous podcast where I was talking about witnessing and how important it is to understand what Jesus was saying in Acts 1-8 when he said he told his disciples to wait right before he ascended back into heaven. He said, wait right here because I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit on you. Power is going to come on you and it's going to cause you to be my witnesses. And we talked about that in the podcast. What does that mean? And are we doing that? Have we moved from it? Has it impacted the church anyway? Has it impacted us individually as Christians? If you didn't listen to that podcast, you missed it for some reason. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Pick up from the beginning because I believe it's a word for the hour for us as individuals. I believe it's a word for the hour for the body of Christ. And God even gave me confirmation of that because soon after I had recorded that podcast about being his witnesses and sharing the gospel. And a friend had emailed to me a video of pastors at different locations in the United States who are in the pulpit today, and they are preaching this. Not necessarily from Acts 1 and 2, as I am addressing this, as Peter laid out witnesses, but they are preaching that we must get back to being witnesses of sharing the gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, that people will see Jesus and it will pierce their heart because they see their sin when they get a good look at Jesus and they see their need for Jesus and they come to the cross. They come to Jesus. They're forgiven of their sins and they're saved, not just so they can go to heaven, but so they can now live for Jesus. So that was just a confirmation from me that when we're listening, the Holy Spirit will speak, will speak the word, the message that God in heaven wants to get out to his people or among his creation. And so let's pick up from the last podcast. What happened when the Holy Spirit came in Acts 2? Holy Spirit was poured out on the early believers Gifts were manifested as evidence that the Holy Spirit had been poured out on them. And what happened immediately? Peter rose up and he began to address their concerns. But what did he do? He pointed them to Jesus so that they would see Jesus and that they would then be convicted of their own sin and they would repent, be forgiven of their sins. And so we talked about this in the last podcast about the witnessing and sharing the gospel message, how it's been reduced, reduced down just about me, me as a person. What's in it for me? I'm going to get to heaven. But Peter spoke right to the heart. And today, I believe 
that Father God is calling us, who? The body of Christ, to continue that, to be his witnesses, to share Jesus. And then what happens? They don't just receive Jesus, believe and receive Jesus in their heart. They have an immediate desire to live for Jesus. And then you surrender your life. What does Galatians 5.24 said? Those that are Christ, they've crucified the flesh of its passions and its desires. You now have a desire for Jesus because you believe. You believe that it was his life that gave you life and that your life now is all about him glorifying you, glorifying God through the life of Christ being poured out through you. Then I'm a firm believer that the scripture teaches us in the gospel message that we're then to disciple people when they come to Jesus. They get saved and they're living for Jesus. We need more mature Christians to come along beside early young believers in Christ and disciple them. Why? So they know how to live for Jesus and they know how to live out this life according to the word and not the world. Why is that important to have that confirmation of your salvation and to know how to live for Jesus and to surrender your life? Well, I'll tell you what, I, there was a time in my life I thought that I was saved. And let me tell you why. I was raised in the church. We were at the church every time the church doors were opened. But there was one time when I was young, I walked the aisle and I took the preacher's hand and I joined the church. I don't have a clue what I said to him. I don't remember what he said to me. I just remember going down that aisle. I remember taking his hand and there was some kind of conversation and I said, yes, I want to join the church. But I can tell you that was not salvation. It wasn't until I got a glimpse of Jesus that I realized I had a need for Jesus and a need for salvation. Because you see, until that point, I was a good church member sitting on the front row of First Baptist Church headed straight to hell. And everybody thought that I was a good Christian because I was always at church. I was always at the Bible studies. I mean, I was right there. I was all in as a good church member. But it wasn't until one night when a bold pastor got in the pulpit and said, Gas is to a car and oil is to a lamp as Jesus is to man. He said a car needs gas to do what it was designed to do. Lamp needs oil to produce light. He said that's what it takes for every individual. They need Jesus in them to function like Christ and the way that God designed for them to function and to be the light. And I will tell you, it was that night I got a good glimpse of Jesus and how desperate I was in my need for him. And I saw my sin and I asked God to forgive me of my sins. I repented of my way and I have never turned back. I knew at that moment I was saved and my life was to live for him. But I didn't quite understand about the surrender part. I'll just tell you that because Yes, I was living for God and I had a hunger for God and I was growing in God, but 
I still had over here these desires in my life. These desires to follow my flesh at times. Until one day I sensed that the Holy Spirit was speaking to my heart. And it was as if God said, Joe, I don't want to be tacked onto your life. I want to become your life. I was so convicted that I needed to be all in. I needed to be surrendered. Jesus needed to be my Lord. That his life was now my life and not about me. And the Holy Spirit came upon me, baptized me in the Spirit. The gift of knowledge filled me. And I tell you, I began to speak the truth. I got a hunger for the Word, and I began to speak it out, not by my own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I haven't been able to stop yet. In fact, there have been times that I've had to force myself, being in Bible studies, being in prayer groups, that I wanted to speak out the Word because I could put the Word on the matter what was being discussed, what was being prayed for. But I would force myself not to speak because I didn't want to be misunderstood. What is that? Is that me? Is that Joe? No, that is the Holy Spirit working through me. A life that has been saved, a life that is living for Jesus, and a life that is committed and surrendered to Jesus and been baptized in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes upon me to instruct me with the word that is in me. And see, my heart is to live every day surrendered to the Holy Spirit, to speak the knowledge of the word, to let the Holy Spirit speak it through me and simply be his witness But again, it's the power of the Holy Spirit through my life. I'm just simply surrendered and yielding to it. So, what exactly do I mean by this? What does it mean to be His witness? It is more than just sharing the gospel message. And absolutely, that is where it starts. We start with sharing the gospel message. And as I talked in the previous podcast, what that means, what that looks like, Peter was a great illustration there in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost, sharing the message so that people see their need for Jesus, not just to go to heaven. And they need to repent and be forgiven of their sins. And then they realize that Jesus is the only way. He is the only way to heaven. He's the only way to God. And we must repent and redeem and come back to God, the God that created us. And we purify our hearts. We purify our hearts of the wickedness, the world, the flesh, a life of just dead works, a dead spirit now comes alive. Why? Because the life of Jesus is in us. See, we all need life. And too many people in the church are allowing the flesh and the world to give them a life, quote and unquote. Yet Jesus is the only one that can give you life. People are running out there to different places looking for that life. But you need spiritual life, and that comes through Jesus. Remember, he is alive. And there was evidence in Acts 1 that Jesus had the disciples around him when he ascended back into heaven and they saw it with their eyes and it's passed from generation, generation, generation. This is why we, me, you have children, grandchildren, nieces, family members, friends. You need to be speaking this evidence out of Acts 1 and 2 that Jesus is alive. And so he can give us life because he's the only one that had a life 
that could give spiritual life to us because he went back to heaven alive and now he's with the Father. So in witnessing, again, I want to emphasize because this is an issue that is flooding the marketplace of the world that there are a lot of ways to Jesus. I can remember being on a trip one time out in California, I met a Christian and she was so sincere. And she somewhere along the way got off the path and believed that she came to Jesus. She was saved, but she believes now that there could be several ways to God. No, it's just through Jesus. Why? Because he's the only one that can give you life. He's the only one. Because he's the only one that died for your sins. He gave his life. He rose again, that resurrection life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now he's alive, ascended back to the Father. Oh my goodness, I pray right now that the Holy Spirit reveals in your spirit the truth of how you need to understand that so that you can speak that to other people. It is so very important because we need to speak truth because the Holy Spirit can work in a heart to bring people to Jesus. And so, of course, witnessing is sharing the gospel. But what are some other ways? Well, we can begin by looking at Jesus himself. He said in John 4, 34, he said, My food is to do the will of the Father and to finish his work. So he was saying, what I feed on, I don't feed on the flesh. I don't feed on the world around me. I feed on the food from my Father. What my Father says me, tells me to do, that is my desire and that is my will. And then he wants to finish it. He wants to finish it all the way to the end. In John 17, 4, that's exactly what Jesus, he gave testimony of that. He, he looked right before he was about to give his life. He looked to the Father and he said, I've glorified you on earth. I have finished the work, Father, which you have given me to do. I don't know about you, but when you give your life to Jesus and you become a witness, one way to witness to the world is that your desire is no longer to do your will, but to do the will of the Father and continue to do the will of the Father as you walk through this life so that you can finish the work that he's given you to do. In fact, I will tell you, if you've ever scanned over the His Vessel webpage, you will see that is exactly my testimony. That is my heart. Once I surrender, God, I just want to finish. I want to do your will, and I want to finish the work that you've given me to do. That is a witness to every day, day in and day out. And there are days we're going to, you know, mess up, slip. But our intent is to do the will of the Father. Ephesians 5.11 gives us another way to witness. It says we're to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but we are to expose it as we live for Jesus and the Holy Spirit wants to reveal, put life on wickedness, ungodliness, unfruitful works. We're to yield to that and be a witness that we're not going to conceal it. We'll expose it. We're not going to tolerate it. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to use us. 
And in doing that, you're a witness to truth. Why? You're walking according to the precepts. And that's another one, walking by faith. People can see your life, and it's a witness to Jesus in your life when you walk by faith. And how do you do that? You walk as you're directed by the Holy Spirit. Why? I have said this so many times in my own life. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer Joe. It's no longer you if you're saved that lives. But it's Christ in you, in me. And that's the life that we now live. Not by the flesh, but by the faith in the Son of God that died for us, gave his life for us, who's now in us. And it's that life that should come forth to witness, that should be the witness of our life, is his life. And we do it by faith. Why? Because we have died to ourselves. We've crucified ourselves. And so how do you do that? You allow the Holy Spirit to guide you with God's grace. This is why understanding Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming upon them, the Holy Spirit coming upon us. It is the Holy Spirit on us that will guide us. God's grace is there that causes us to want to obey, even if it seems crazy. I will tell you there are many times, and particularly when I just completely surrendered my life to God and to his will and whatever he said, that's what I was going to do. And many times I would share with my husband, I I believe that the Holy Spirit's leading me to do this or this. And of course, it would seem so contrary to what people around me were doing or seemed according right to the world. And I would look at my husband and I'd say, you don't think I'm crazy, do you? And he'd say, Joe, I don't think you're crazy. Why would he say that? He knew my heart. He had seen my witness around in my love for God, the life that I wanted in me, I wanted it to be lived through me. And so my life wasn't set on earthly treasures. It was surrendered to what God wanted to do in my life. That could be an example for you. Is the Holy Spirit calling you to, hey, no longer chase earthly treasures, but to lay down your life And let the life of Christ add the value to your life for eternity. For example, you you may just decide, you know, I'm not going to spend so much time seeking after these earthly treasures. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit guide me and the Holy Spirit may guide you to go pray in prayer groups. To go and teach Bible studies. Or to just go through hospitals or nursing homes and share the love of Christ. Well, when you deny yourself to the flesh and you no longer pursue those desires of the flesh, extra earthly things, and you're heavenly minded and you walk by faith, you have this time to invest in heavenly assets. That is tremendous. You cannot put a value on that. I cannot tell you how rewarding it is to do that, to be freed up to do the will of God. And when I say freed up, I'm not talking about materialistically. I'm talking about freed up with you have died. You have crucified your flesh so that now it's no longer you that lives, but Christ in you that lives. And then what happens? You become a witness to people around you of your surrendered life. 
how it's more valuable for you to spend your time as the Holy Spirit leads you than seeking after earthly treasures. It's an amazing, an amazing journey. You may speak the word to other people. The word that's in you, Holy Spirit can just use you as you go about speaking speaking the word and more word is in you as you're in the word you're memorizing the words you're meditating upon the word and it becomes your communication not that you sit around and you just quote like you're quoting scripture back to people when you are conversing with them it's just your conversation your natural conversation it just includes the word of god it becomes your speech. It becomes a normal conversation for you. I will never forget the first time that this made such a lasting impression upon me. Years ago, I had these two wingback chairs, and I needed to have them reupholstered. I found a great man lived out in the country to reupholster them, so I took them to him one day, and I'm going to tell you something. I loved his reupholstering work. But I have never forgotten his communication with me. When I walked in and I began to talk with him and he talked, all that came out of his mouth was the word of God in a normal conversation to me. It wasn't like he was quoting scripture to me, trying to preach to me, try to teach me, try to emphasize a precept to me. It was just as we talked, all of his communication was the word of God. It was amazing. What was that? He was being a witness. He was being a witness to the power of the word. He was being a witness of all the word in him that lived in him, that as it was spoken, truth coming forth, that brings life. And I tell you, I think about that so often. And it still encourages me to this day. That as I go, with not even maybe being consciously aware of sharing the gospel message to someone, but might stop and in conversation, as I talk, just the word come out in my communication, in the conversation, it's being a witness. And it's the word that has power. I can't say this enough. It is the word, the word of God, when it's spoken, comes forth with power. It's not you trying to force it. It's the power that comes with that word, in that word that the Holy Spirit is bringing forth that goes and witnesses to people that hear it. I'll tell you another way to witness as, you know, that man was just conversing with me that day using scripture. Another way is praying with people. Just how many times, almost how many times a day does someone call you, text you, email you, you bump into them on the street and say, would you pray for me? I'm telling you, we are overwhelmed with prayer requests and I'm talking about intense, intense needs. But prayer, prayer needs are everywhere. You know, that's another way for you to witness is to pray not only for people, but with people. And if someone stops you on the street and they say, will you pray for me? If the Holy Spirit leads you, why not stop right then? Take their hand 
taking that hand there, connecting, you're entering to fellowship with them through prayer and pray with them right there. I'm sitting right here and I'm thinking about a day I was walking into Sam's and as I was coming out the front door right there in that wide open door, I ran into a friend and she said, would you pray for me? We stopped right there. And I prayed with her. Why? Why Why wait? If the Holy Spirit is moving upon you, hey, and particularly when you see they need prayer right now, they need to be encouraged. They need the word spoken and prayed over them. They need to know that God is intervening on their behalf. Stop right then and pray with them. I, I will tell you, the person that, just the wonderful saint when I lived in Tuscaloosa that taught me about prayer and the power of prayer, she really taught me this as a part of my witnessing. I'll never forget. I, I would always ask her about, you know, different situations, how to address them, and she would always come out and pray. I said, I know I pray, but what else do I need to do? She said, you pray. And she said it enough to me that I finally got it. And one day, she had taken me out to lunch, and we were there in Tuscaloosa at one of the nice country clubs for lunch. And we were sitting at the table, and I was sharing my heart with her, and I told my friend, I said, I need you to pray with me about this and this and this. And of course, I'm young and learning about prayer and the power of prayer and to turn my whole life over to prayer. And so she said, okay, you through eating? I said, oh, sure. She said, come on, follow me. She led me to the ladies' bathroom, into the sitting area as you go into the ladies' room. And she said, kneel down right there. I said, here? She said, yes, we're going to kneel down right here at this chair. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray for those needs. I was afraid not to. That was kind of new to me. I wanted her to pray. And yes, I wanted her to pray with me, but not right out there in front of everybody. And sure not kneeling down on the floor. I tell you, I can still see that to this day. It made a profound impact on my life. That witness that she gave to me of how important Jesus was in her life, that Jesus, who was interceding for me at that moment, interceding for me now, interceding for you, is a witness. I just want to give you a picture of that. And so, you know, my flesh said, oh, I'm afraid not to do that, but I did. And I'm going to tell you, it was something that broke through in my life. You don't need to be intimidated to pray. You don't need to be intimidated where you pray. You need to pray as the Holy Spirit empowers you to pray. I tell you, if you are walking down the street and you see someone and they need prayer, you, you pray with them. It's a powerful witness. I have been in buildings when people would say, would you pray for me? And we stepped over to the corner in the hallway and we knelt down and we prayed right there do you see what that witness was that day years and years and years ago when this true saint of god witnessed to me in her powerful faith and life in the power of prayer and that was a witness to me and then i was now able to witness to others it's so important see romans 1 16 says we're not to be ashamed of who we are. We are in Christ, and we're not to be ashamed of it.
of it. You to live out your rhema. I, we've been talking about these on these podcasts that as God gives us remas, we pray them, we believe them. They may be a promise that God has spoken to you, but that is a witness that you take that rema, that word of God that's spoken to you for a specific reason at a specific time for you to pray and you walk in it and it becomes direction many times in your life as i said become a promise i'll never forget one time i was in a group and someone humiliated me now i can't judge the heart but i tell you it hurt me deeply and it appeared to be intentional and it was another christian and immediately a rema came to me that the word spoke to me and I immediately silenced myself. I didn't say anything. I didn't voice any concern. I simply silenced my voice and I began to ask God within my heart, God, forgive that person. Forgive them because God, you've told me in Ephesians 4, 1 and 2, you told me I'm to walk worthy of the call in which you've called me. What? To be your witness. And I'm to do it in humility, not lashing back, not even considering myself. I'm to be gentle and be patient. And I'm to bear with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And that rhema became a witness for me how to respond in that situation. And I know it was a witness to those around me that I simply silenced myself. Every day, getting along with God. Getting with God in your prayer closet, spending time with God. Just as Jesus did early in the morning, he would get up while it was still dark outside and he'd get along with the Father. And see, this grows and it enhances your relationship with God. It prepares you. And it allows you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit flowing through your life. And what does it do? It pushes out that flesh. That that day you die to that flesh. And you simply go about your day filled with the Holy Spirit being His witness. Why? Because now you witness the life of Christ as you go about your day. Many times not even probably being consciously aware of it. It's because you've been along with the Father when you got up early that morning. And as you go about your day, I'll tell you another example. Just a few weeks ago, I was at the beach, and I was walking on the beach. I was walking on the beach memorizing Scripture. I had my little index cards, and I was memorizing Scripture and just enjoying, enjoying the environment. And I looked down the beach, and I saw a, a girl sitting there at the edge of the water. She's probably in about her 30s. When I got closer to her, I could tell there was a sad countenance. It looked like a heaviness, a burden on her. I didn't know anything about her. I looked around. There wasn't anyone around her. So it appeared that she was there on the beach alone. And so the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I said, oh, Holy Spirit, do you want me to speak to her? Do you want me to witness to her? you want me to share the gospel message to her? As I walked on by, I didn't sense him. I didn't sense to share the gospel message. And then I sensed the Holy Spirit said, 
All I want you to do is to tell her that I love her. I said, oh, Father, I can do that. I turned around. I went back to the girl. I walked up to her. I said, excuse me. I said, I was just walking by. But I just sensed that the Holy Spirit within me said, come back and tell you that God loves you. And instantly, that sad countenance dropped off her face and there was a glow about her. It was like someone had given her life. See, that's being a witness as you go. Your witness at your home, how you communicate between and among your family members at home, how you entertain in your home, the entertainment that you engage in in your home, in your family. Uh, you know, how you decorate your home can be a witness. I, I can remember wonderful, wonderful friends of ours, David and Christy Wilson. David was on our board before he passed away a couple of years ago. and uh, Such a godly man. I remember one day they live in another city and we were visiting them for the weekend and saw their new house. They had moved into a new house and everywhere we went, it was scripture, it was godly, it was reference to the Bible, it was reference to Jesus. And David said, you know, I don't want anything hanging in my house or in my office unless it witnesses to people about Christ. He said, why do I want to waste money on stuff that doesn't mean anything? He said, I want this to be a witness to people rather than witness to the world. I have never forgotten that, and I can still see the picture on the wall that we were looking at at the moment that he said that. See, what does your home say? What does it reflect? Not that you can't have pretty things. I'm not talking about that. But when they walk in, is there an evidence that Jesus lives in that house? Well, I could go on and on and on. There are a lot of ways. I just wanted you to think about that we're to be God's witnesses but not in our own strength, but totally dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit so that others see Jesus through us. And when people see Jesus, the prayer is that they come to Jesus or maybe they come back to Jesus, repent, or they see sin in their life and they seek forgiveness of that sin and they turn from it. I believe the word for the church today is to come back to the roots when the church began. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit on you. Surrender to that every day and just go about being God's witness. See, the world is going to delight in something. And many illustrations today, the world is delighting in turning from Jesus. What we want to do is let our life be such a witness that it lets people focus on Jesus, seeing Jesus, and we overshadow the world as a witness for Jesus, and then it brings in much light. Thank you for listening to the Becoming His Vessel podcast. If you'd like to receive more resources that would help guide you in becoming His Vessel, I invite you to visit our website at www.hisvessel.org. If you'd like to connect with me directly, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me by calling 334-356-4478. And my prayer 
is that you would seek to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength as you seek to become his vessel.